0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the studio. I am your host, Angel Bernard. What is going on? How's it going? Uh, Mass is officially in session for our sixth official episode. Technically, this is actually episode number seven, if you include the heartfelt apology that I made a couple days back. Um, I know, I know, I'm a little late. Can you guys cut me some slack? I've had a long week filled with a bunch of shit going on, uh, so you can go fuck yourself. All right, it's, it's one day late. I don't even know why I'm making excuses. If you want someone to blame, why don't you blame this godforsaken state? If you want someone to blame, blame the state of Texas, more specifically Dallas, more specifically my neighbors. Okay, recording a podcast here is nearly impossible. You can't record during the day because people in my building feel the need to keep their dogs on their balcony and just kind of let their animals cry loudly for hours and hours at a time. And then on the other hand, outside, you have people racing on the freeway for literally no reason. I don't know if you can hear this. I don't know what to do here, people. I've tried recording at 1 o'clock in the morning. I've tried recording at 3 o'clock in the morning. Like, none of these times are working. So I'm kind of out of options here. So you're just going to have to deal with it. I have to deal with it. And, you know, all of this, all of these little things, they're, they're fueling me and they're working as a motivation to where I want to get wealthy. Very very wealthy. I want to get wealthy. So I never have to deal with these things with these people and these obstacles again That's the motivation people are like, oh you do you want to make you want to make cool stuff because you love designing? No No, I'm doing this so I can get as far away From this shithole of a country as quick as I possibly can So that's what I'm doing and you know what this the sad reality is, you know, whenever you're whenever you're young you know, they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you're like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be the president. And then as you kind of get older, things just kind of, you know, your dreams kind of get smaller and smaller. I, growing up, I knew I wanted to be a billionaire. Simple, plain and simple. All these other kids said, rich, millionaire. No, I was a visionary. I said, billionaire. So, I'm getting older and I'm realizing, okay, maybe all of these cool inventions that I have in mind, maybe they're not going to happen just because, hey, that's life and these things take a lot of time. So what's the the next option, people? Marry wealthy. So yes, the plan is from now on to marry and to wealth. And I like... A real rich person, you know, not like your dad owns a Mercedes. No one cares. Okay, I'm talking wealth. I'm talking net worth. I'm talking generational money. And you know, I'm not sure if you're new to this podcast, you're gonna be like, "Wow, that's very ignorant." Well, hey, welcome to the fucking show. Uh, but if you are a regular listener, you you're like, "Yes, Angel, we get it. You love the rich. We talk about the rich all the time." And you know, for the most part, these people they they don't want me at their table for obvious reasons, uh, but that doesn't mean I haven't somehow snuck behind the walls once or twice. That doesn't mean I haven't been able to have a few audible plays where I somehow had a seat at the table temporarily, but you have to take baby steps first, okay? So a lot of people are like, what, what do you mean by that? How did, you, how did your broke ass get into the table? Okay, well, these wealthy families, these wealthy, you know, these wealthy adults, they have something called daughters, so, you know, I just started dating their daughters. So to break it down, I, I, I dated a girl kind of recently who could be labeled as wealthy. And see, this is what a lot of people don't understand. There's a very fine line between rich and wealthy. Like there's a fine line from where you go from upper middle class to rich. And then there's an even finer line when you go from rich to wealthy. So this girl who, you know, God bless her soul for even allowing me to talk about this on the pod. Her family had just crossed that threshold from rich to wealthy. So I'm not saying she had the 10 bedroom houses around the world and the private jets. But let's just say her and probably even her kids, they probably won't be having to worry about money in their lifetime. Uh, So yeah, she's more than fine with this. All she asked was for it to be a bit subtle. So I... I don't really want to say too much and kind of give it away, partly out of respect and partly out of complete fear, um, but hey, I'm sure you'll figure it out. It doesn't take a genius to read between the fucking lines, uh, which it's funny. It's, it's really funny because her asking to be subtle is so on brand for people who, who come from those inner circles, you know, it's so just be quiet, be subtle. It's part of being wealthy. So you can always tell new money from old money because new money is very loud. You know, old money is quiet. They know how to navigate a room because they know all the people they need to talk to. They're not going to waste their time talking to a bunch of schmucks. So God bless her soul. She gave me permission to talk about this. Uh, She'll most likely regret this. But anyways, let's just fucking jump into it, people. I met her when I had just moved to the city through a mutual friend I told them I was really looking to make friends, so literally the day I moved uh, they all came over and that's where we met. Uh, So yeah, super cool girl, super funny, actually the reason why I think we hit it off so well was because we both had the same sense of humor, which, you know, it's rare, It's, it's not every day where I meet someone with a sense of humor as good and as complex as mine. And I'm also, I'm not just saying these nice things about her because I know her father can make me disappear. I actually mean these words. So, so yeah, we started dating and things are going good. We met that night, I got into town and then we met up for dinner a couple days after. And you know, one thing kind of just led to another, uh, but it, it wasn't really until the third date, the third date when she invited me upstairs. That's when I kind of knew that she and I weren't cut from the same deck. You know, you know what I mean? I, I had walked her home before, but I hadn't seen her actual apartment but just from the look of the outside it was obvious that me and her we were in no way from the same tax bracket like not even close so after our third date that's when i really got to see how the other half lived like i said she lived in this giant fucking tower right along the river with a doorman and all of that beautiful two bedroom glass facades overlooking the city on the 17th floor like this was like this was really a world i had never been like i've never been in before really like and up to that point, I, I didn't really know what her parents did. I mean, I knew she had some sort of money considering the neighborhood where she lived. But I wasn't sure if it was family money or if it was her money because she had just graduated from a really good school there in the city. So I see this fucking apartment that's like three times the size of mine, you know. And so I have to start asking her. I have to start figuring. I have to start learning more about her. And so this is where things kind of get tricky like because like I said the wealthy are very subtle people Subtlety is the name of the game. So I couldn't just let my peasant self get overwhelmed with all of it I had to act like I belong you have to act Unimpressed by all of their shit, you know because it's not a big deal to them Money doesn't impress these people because they have so much of it So I'm standing there in this Giant fucking apartment trying to find out how she ended up with a place like this literally doing the math in my head For how much the average rent was in the neighborhood, you know Plus considering how expensive all her furniture must have been and so I mean We had we had only been out a couple of times and so I didn't know too much stuff like I said And so I brought up her family and just kind of got to know her more and and that's when things really started clicking for me That's when I started to kind of get the bigger picture uh, her father, he was in uh, in in real estate. Let's let's say that right there in the city. It was actually her parents' apartment where she was staying there for a bit to get used to her quote unquote post grad life. Uh, her mom was a stay at home mom, but I knew it went deeper than that because her grandfather, who I never met, but in my mind I'm kind of picturing like the Monopoly man. Uh, he was also in real estate during his heyday. So her dad kind of, her dad essentially stepped in for her grandfather. And, and to make things even more interesting, it turns out her mom and dad, they both attended and met at the school where she attended. To, and to get even more specific, I probably shouldn't, but fuck it. She also had a younger sister, and this sister was really fucking smart, who was planning to go to that same university. So that's where this kind of legacy thing starts, starts happening, people. This is how you build a legacy. This is what I'm always talking about, folks. This is the generational wealth I have been screaming about. This is what I mean by leaving a legacy behind. You want to leave behind something for your future relatives to prosper off of. You want to leave them an inn at these prestigious universities. You want to leave them financial security. That's what you're supposed to do. I mean, what are you going to leave your kid a 1965, broken down white Chevy? Grow the, like, grow the fuck up, seriously. And so, you know, we start dating. And like I said, we really hit it off. Yes, she came from a bit of money, but she had a legitimate job. It's not like she was sitting by the pool, you know, on Instagram all day. She had a legit job and a good one at that. And I think, I think that was part of the allure for me. You know, she wasn't some spoiled rich kid. Uh, Who didn't do anything she went to a great school and she had a great job You know, so here was this girl who came from that world and it was a bit mind-boggling Because up to that point I had lived under this impression That these super wealthy people were very cold and distant, you know, which for the most part that is very true But she was not for the most part And actually one of the problems we had was I wanted to kind of become a bit more serious uh, a little bit in the beginning, I was just kind of, I was head over heels like some simpleton. Can you blame me? And normally that might have worked with your average human, but not her. Not her. And here, here's what you need to know, folks. People from these families, they are raised in a certain way. So they're they're raised in a certain way so their emotions do not get the best of them. That's probably one of the golden rules. They probably have that like transcribed in a fucking shrine in their basement. You have to stay level-headed, and you have to have this sort of disconnection from your heart. You have to have this disconnection so you don't go fucking up the family line. But at the same time, you, ha- you have to see things from their perspective. You know, when you're grown up with that kind of security all of your life, where you, had, where you never have to worry about money or where your next meal was going to come from, you know, you become so disconnected from reality that the struggles that You know the less fortunate have to go through they begin to look like fun like it begins to it it begins to seem like a kind of game to them and it seems a bit exciting to not know how you're going to pay rent or how you have to eat ramen for the next three days these little things begin to seem new and fresh and it's all great and dandy because they know at the end of the day they can just head back behind their walls so so things like that they do happen and it's not uncommon it's not uncommon and hey maybe that's what the whole thing was because from day one i was i was always very honest you know i told her i had just launched my own startup and was just really trying to find my footing in the door uh, and things were barely starting to take off at the time it was at a point where things were on an upswing kind of but you know, they could easily go to complete shit the very next morning. So that's kind of where I was in terms of career in my life. So, you know, maybe, maybe all of these factors made me a wild card, which I am. Uh, but, you know, because she was taught her entire life to not be around wild cards. She was taught to disconnect from her emotions because emotions will impoverish you. They will ruin the legacy. There's a distance that these people have from the everyday schmuck because a guy like me will come and fuck it all up. So she was working all of that out in her head. These are the things that she was thinking about. And yet somehow I was able to just keep coming back. You know, like I said, we got along really well. And after a couple of months, we started getting serious. Uh, It started out as staying the night twice a week to four times a week. And basically it got to a point where I was there all the time. Like, I have no, like, I really have no idea why I even kept paying rent during that time. I was just, I basically was at her apartment nonstop. And around the two and a half month mark, uh, she asked if I would want to meet her family. And so this is when uh, things start getting a bit real, you know. And of course, I, I agreed. And like, literally the next day, we headed over there. Like, literally the next day. Like, she like she asked if I wanted to meet her parents Thursday. And we were in her white Audi to her parents Friday evening. Honestly, I have to be honest, it scared the fuck out of me. Like it scared the fuck out of me how quickly that transition happened. She told me where they lived and she said a town about 30 miles outside the city. So later that night when she was showering, I started Googling what this place was. I mean, I knew I I had a gist that obviously the area was going to be a nice one. You know, but for all I knew, God's sake, she could have been taking me to the woods to murder me. You know, so I, I go to Google Images and man, this place was beautiful. Beautiful. Giant houses, gated communities, a small beach town in a, with a bunch of hills. And, and my immediate thought was lots of places for them to bury me over there. Lots of land to hide the body parts. That's all I'm saying. You know, so the panic, it kind of starts to set in. I wasn't sure if it was just the anxiety of meeting the parents or if I was intimidated by what I was about to be walking into. All I knew was that I saw the movie Get Out. So their little clan shit wasn't going to be working on me. And that was a fact. You know, so the next day comes and we're leaving the city and slowly making our way into the suburban areas, which that was kind of my first time doing. Like, think about this, folks. I had spent literally every day in the city. So the city was all I knew. The residential life wasn't going to be you know it it wasn't going to be something i was used to and to make matters worse i was going behind the gates behind the walls i was heading into uncharted waters i was heading to a place where if things went south the police would not help me because the police worked for them so the skyscrapers are kind of disappearing over the horizon the roads are becoming more and more confusing I'm just kind of looking around trying to figure out where the fuck we are and then suddenly we we exit off and we get off into this beautiful small town like this place literally looked like a fucking movie set and we're cruising through the town and we're going through the hills just passing these giant fucking houses and eventually we we reach these gates there are these two giant black gates that worked as like the entrance point to the community Uh, you know, it had the stone walls, the thick trees, the foliage, it had it all and the gates open. We drive in and man, I just knew I belonged. I knew I was home Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying I was home because I was with her. I'm saying I was home because I had finally arrived to my destination. It was like, I was greeting all of my ancestors and all of the past lives I've lived behind walls. You know, like, think about it, folks. In my past life, I lived behind walls like these. So it was like I was coming home, you know, with the boat shoes and the family cover-ups. I just knew this is where I was meant to be. I knew that I was finally with my people. And you know what? Her family, really amazing people, really nice people. And again, I'm not just saying this because I fear for my life, but really welcoming people who... You know, I, I think meant well, but like I said, there's this, this kind of coldness, like sort of detachment. You know, however, I, I would have loved to just share a couple of glasses of whiskey and a cigar with her father and just kind of pick his brain a bit, you know, just kind of see what, what his thoughts on the world were. You have to think about it this way. Everything these families do is very calculated. They're planned out. And when things are planned out, there's no emotions because they know what's best. It's like the legendary players in the stock market. There's this sort of distance from it because, you know, because they know if they get too close, it'll burn them, you know, so there's a sense of coldness and a sense of detachment from the emotions. And I bet if I really asked him to pick his brain, he probably would have given me the inside track to get my own fucking house, you know, but that's not really my taste. I... I would have loved to ask him, like, what his thoughts were on the Black Lives Matter movement, just to kind of see how he'd react to being asked that question. No, but, you know, the the house was great. I have to say that. I have to mention the house. As As an architecture nerd, I have to comment on the house. It wasn't some enormous mansion, you know, but it was definitely nice, and it was definitely big. I mean, it was behind gates in one of the wealthiest towns in the state, for Christ's sake, so it was a nice house. It had a staff about, of about two or three, you know, but they weren't round the clock just kind of every other day or something like that. One thing I do miss about that house, though, was some of their lights. They were automatic. So when you would walk into a room, they would churn on. Just beautiful house, great family, awesome people. And so I know what a lot of you are thinking now. You know, wow, Angel, awesome girl with a sense of humor, family money. I can't wait to hear how you fucked that one up. Well, I'm here to tell you how I fucked it up because looking back now, I, re- I really did. I, what can I say? Hindsight is always 20-20. I was young, stupid, but I, I really fucked it up. But it really didn't take much time for me to fuck it up. You know, it kind of went south fast. It started going bad when she, when she wanted to bring me to her social outings. Uh, here's the thing. I don't consider myself a social person. Uh, which a lot of you are automatically going to say is bullshit, but I'm really not. I love staying home and doing my own thing. But don't get me wrong. When I go out, I make sure it counts. You know, when I go out, it's because I'm around people I want to be with. It's because I'm I'm having a good time and I'm talking and conversing. That's what I love doing. I can't handle being around like those groups of people my age who just kind of have no self-awareness whatsoever. You know, I can't have a good time with those people, you know, and I just got so sick of going out every single Friday and Saturday night to be around these morons who were basically debating who has the most money. You know, I can't I can't do that. Like, I can't just completely be around these people who are talking about things that really have no meaning. Like, literally, they're literally talking about nothing, people. So I'm just losing my mind. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I even said something whenever we were fighting towards the end of the relationship about how her friends are stupid. Um, yeah, actually, you know what? Looking back now, I'm almost 100% sure I said something like that because <laughs> I remember at one point uh, we were arguing and she told me, sorry, I don't want to ride the L to your friend's house to watch you guys smoke weed and play 2K. <laughs> Which... Honestly, fair point. Like she's not wrong. I can't argue with her on that end because that is exactly what me and my friends would do. And so like I said, hindsight, it's always 2020. It it wasn't until months later when I realized oh, being in these kind of social circles, that's basically a part-time job. You know, there were times where she probably didn't even want to go to those events. You know, actually yeah, there were times where she would literally tell me she doesn't want to go. And so me being the simpleton that I am, I would just say, well, don't go. Just don't go. You know, I I didn't get it. I didn't get that you have to show up and put on this front. Like, that's one of the prices you have to pay. You have to be involved in every single event. You're only as good as your last appearance. So it's just a never-ending thing. And, hey, maybe that's not me, but I'm trying to become that person, you know, because I now realize the commitment it takes to become one of the elite. And I'm telling you right now that I am ready to commit. I think the next step is to try to date a girl whose family has even more money and then slowly kind of climb higher and higher. I have to kind of treat it like an athlete where you get better every single day. You know, that's what I have to do. You know, the first family had a Porsche. The second family had a couple of Porsches. Then a Ferrari, and then the fourth family is when we start flying in private jets and, you know, going across the globe. So, you know, that's when we hit playoff mode. That's when Playoff Angel comes out. So we're in grind season right now, people. I'm in the off-season right now because I am getting ready for the preseason. So my hopes are high. You know, like I'm thinking Natty. I'm thinking undefeated season. My sights are set on the 1% and no less. Forbes, or Bust. Those are my dreams. That's what I'm aiming for. And you know what? I suggest you start figuring out the dreams you have for yourself. So in closing, I I really hope you guys like that quick story. Um, I really enjoyed telling it. Hopefully I don't get murdered in my sleep tonight. Oh, also, before we go, actually, we are not closing yet. We are not closing yet, people. I have a write-in. A couple weeks back, I asked you guys to write in, uh, and someone did. Nothing too crazy, just a simple uh, topic. Not really simple, uh, but here we go. Angel, have you heard of the simulation theory? What's your opinion on it? I think it walks a fine line with the algorithm of death that you were talking about and basically how our lives are chosen for us. Um, I am a big proponent and a big advocate that we are living in a simulation i think that speaking from a mathematical standpoint that it is more plausible that we are living in a computer simulation we will be talking about this in a different episode this is a very complex topic Um, but yeah we are living in a computer simulation people and actually you know what we're not living in in a simulation anymore because it's broken the simulation we were living in one Not anymore. The past year has shown us that the simulation has officially broken because everything has gone to hell. I mean, kids are dancing on TikTok and they have $25 million. So nothing really makes sense anymore. So that's kind of my little quick topic. I don't know why I talked about that. It's not even that big of a deal. So anyways, people, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you've made it this far, I really appreciate you guys tuning in every single week to listen to me tell my shit jokes and babble ignorance it really means a lot we are actually gaining followers who knew who knew when i first started this podcast i thought it would be me and two followers if that but we are actually gaining steam here is the here's the proposition for you guys okay get me to a hundred followers and i will start putting out video podcasts Get me to 100 Spotify followers, and I will start a video podcast. You have my word on that. I'm not going to do a whole video. That takes a lot of effort to for no one to listen. Okay, so the sooner you get me to 100 followers, the sooner this gets switched to video. Hey, I'm a generous guy, and I stick to my promises. So, hey, tell your friends, tell your relatives, literally go to the Apple Store Go on every single iPhone they have, download Spotify, and follow this podcast. All right? We are moving on the offensive side. This is grind season, like I said. By the time I hit 100 Spotify followers, I want to be married to a billionaire's daughter, and I want to have ad revenue. That is the goal for 2021. All right? You pick out your goals. Think wisely. I'll see you guys next week. I love you. And now it's time for ads. This episode is sponsored by no one. Literally no one. I stopped paying for these episodes. I have stopped paying my bills entirely. So yeah, this episode is sponsored by no one. And do you know why? It's because you are to blame. Because you are not listening to this podcast enough. You are not telling enough of your friends about this podcast. So I'm not going to do this song and dance of the ads anymore. All right, this is your punishment for the week for not paying your dues. Post this episode on your Instagram story. Donate some money. Go follow this podcast on your parents' phone and have a good week.